Good morning. Good morning. This uh, past week, um, I heard two weather reports about the uh, conditions before and after the rain. And um, it went something like this. That This is not what I heard, but it's very similar to it. And it was said by a weather um, uh, guesser, I call them, um, that uh, seemed to be grumpy on both days. The first was to do with how bad the situation was. And the complaint was that it has been 223 days since Oakland International Airport has received more than a tenth of an inch of rain in a calendar day. And they went on to complain about you know, how dry the conditions were, um, how bad the air quality was. We've gone now for 13 days of smoke-filled skies and we're just about, we've just about had it. And that was kind of the, the attitude of the weather forecaster. And so then they mentioned that it was going to rain. And um, of course, we've all enjoyed the fact that the Lord washed the sky for us and uh, we can breathe clean air again. And um, yet the very next day after it had rained, the weather forecaster complained again about the rain. And they were complaining about <clears throat> how it's uh, going to create even more problems, especially for those up in um, the burned areas and, and so on. But it was a complaint of the things that were happening in the traffic and the things that were happening or could happen um, up in Paradise area and so on. But it was a complaint. And I thought, you know, there's no, there's no way to satisfy these people. You, you have complaints when it's not raining, and now you have complaints when it is raining. And I was reminded of the verse in Romans that talks about the Lord really condemning the sins of the human race. And one of the things that he says there is, and neither were they thankful. Neither were they thankful. That is so important to the Lord that he raises it as an issue of sin when people are ungrateful. So this is the week of Thanksgiving, and I thought we would break away from the news and break away from the uh, weather reports and all the rest of it and just talk about Thanksgiving, being thankful to the Lord. And so they say, I don't know if this is actually true or not, but I, I heard this, especially when I was in uh, uh, school, Bible school, and, and they said, you know, the best sermon is a three-point sermon. So today, you're going to have a three-point sermon, okay? And it goes like this. <clears throat> it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. That's point number one. It is a good thing to give thanks for all his people. That's point number two. It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord in everything. That's point number three. So if you forget everything else we say, go home with that, okay? So the first point, it is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. Psalm 92, 1 and 2 says, It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. It is a good thing. The word good can be used to mean 
that it's just the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do to give thanks to the Lord. It can also mean pleasant and delightful. In other words, it's not only pleasing and delightful to the Lord when we give Him thanks, but it actually changes us at the same time. It makes us more pleasant and more delightful. When we stop and we say, you know what, I'm really grateful, I'm really thankful, Lord, for what you have done for me. Just to pause and think and to say those, th- uh, uh, to express our thankfulness to him. Uh, it changes us. And so it gives us pleasure and delight as well as to the Lord. The word good can also be used to describe well-being. So like we use the, we say in our common vernacular, um, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. And we mean I'm well. Everything is going fine. You know, I have no uh, complaints. And good can also mean joyful or glad of heart. And if ever you want to chase away the blues in your life, be a person who is thankful. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Thanksgiving is often associated with happy times, grateful hearts, joyful outlook. Psalm 100 captures this uh, well in Psalm 100 verses 4 and 5. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. If you look at the psalm and, and the outlook of the psalmist there, he's really saying, you know what, it is a joyful thing to come into the presence of the Lord, and we need to thank him and bless his name. It's appropriate, especially for Christians who understand the fact that our sins are forgiven and that there is no condemnation for us. It's appropriate to give thanks to the Lord. And this phrase is repeated several times in the Psalms. Um, I won't go over every single verse, but it says the same thing. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So it's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord, but let me give you some reasons to be thankful. So one of the verses that we, we can look at here is um, 2 Samuel 22, 49 and 50. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. So there's a reason, several reasons given, but there's a reason given to thank the Lord here, and that is for his deliverance from our enemies and from violent people. Um, there are people who are our enemies without a cause. We've done nothing wrong to them, we've not hurt them in any way, and yet they have become our enemies. I think of Luke, not as an enemy, um, <laughs> just to clarify that. I think of Luke, I think of David, who were both robbed at gunpoint. I think of Marion, who was working in a hotel and she was robbed at gunpoint. 
I think of this past year where Christine was working at uh, KFC and she was robbed at gunpoint. And they've all lived to tell. And so we can thank the Lord for his deliverance from violent people. Sometimes we don't even know when people are plotting against us and the Lord delivers us anyway. And so we have reason to thank the Lord. Uh, secondly, we can give thanks to the Lord for delivering us from sickness and death, the grave, and ultimately from hell. In Psalm 30, verses 2 through 4, it says, O Lord my God, I cried out to you, and you healed me. O Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. Uh, for any of you who have endured sickness or um, problems in your health, and the Lord has raised you up out of your sickbed, you have reason to give thanks to the Lord. And the fact that many of you have not experienced it is reason to give thanks to the Lord as well, for he has delivered you from the sickness. I was, I've been doing a little study in my um, ancestry. My dad's mother passed away when he was just under three, and he knows nothing about her really, very little. And so I said, look, I'll try to see what I can drum up, I can find for you to see what we can find out about her and, and what she was like and so on. So I've done a little bit of a survey there. But I was thinking of her, and uh, she was a nurse, and it was during the time when there were no antibiotics, and um, she died of pneumonia, something that, you know, if, if any of us had it today, we would be easily cured uh, or likely cured. And I think of how many of us have enjoyed the benefits of, as I've been studying or reading about all this stuff, I, I have come across uh, times in history, of course, when thousands upon thousands of people died because of uh, childhood sicknesses that we don't even experience today. You know, we get shots early on in life and never have to uh, suffer these things. We can give thanks to the Lord uh, for giving men wisdom and understanding into these things and to be able to produce uh, vaccinations for them. Give thanks to the Lord. Third, these are not in any particular order, but give thanks to God because you belong to him. Just give thanks to him because you belong to him. Psalm 100 verse 3 says, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. In Psalm 79, 13, it says, So we, your people and sheep of your pasture, will give thanks forever. We will show forth your praise to all generations. You know, it's an absolutely astounding thing to be able to stand here and say, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. God loves me. He cared for me. He sent his son to die for me. I believe in him. I am a child of God. Do you know him this morning? That way. You can be his child as well. Give thanks to, number four, give thanks to God for his goodness. God is good and does good. And every good and perfect gift comes from him. And we should thank him for the goodness he shows to us. Psalm 107, verse 8, and a whole bunch of other verses say, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness 
and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Do you believe deep down in your heart that God is good? There's a phrase uh, in that movie, I forget the name of the movie now, but uh, God is good all the time, all the time God is good. And the reality is it's true. That's his character, that's who he is. God is good. But when trials or waves of trouble come our way, sometimes it leaves us doubting. Sometimes it leaves us questioning, is God really good? Why would a good God allow these things to happen in my life? And I was thinking about that this morning and I remembered the Apostle Paul in his letter of thanksgiving uh, to the Lord for uh, a gift that he had received from the Philippians. Uh, about nine or 10 verses into the book, he, he's, he's writing from prison and he's saying, these things that have happened to me have turned out for good, for the furtherance of the gospel. And the idea there is that, that I'm sure Paul even questioned, well, why am I here? I should be out preaching the gospel. I should be out planting other churches. But the Lord had him in prison for a reason so that the palace guard would hear the gospel and that they might be saved as well. And so sometimes we have these questions or concerns about, you know, is God good in this particular instant? And the answer is yes, he is. But I think we need to ask the Lord, open my eyes that I might see what you're doing in this circumstance, in this situation. Because I know you're good. I just don't understand what it is that you're trying to do in this, in this situation, in this circumstance. But deep down and in reality, God is good. And we need to thank him for his goodness that he shows to us. Uh, as a lot of you young people don't experience this. I didn't experience this as a young person either. Um, sleeplessness. Do you know that we are to give thanks to the Lord even at midnight or one o'clock or two o'clock or three o'clock? However many times you open your eyes and see that that clock has not moved. And... Um, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. Many of us toss and turn at night. We lose sleep for a lot of reasons, you know, pressures of life. Uh, we stare at the ceiling thinking about, you know, troubled family members. Um, we're robbed of our rest due to difficult people at work. We can't close our eyes reliving the trouble that we've experienced during the day or the week. And we're, when we're restless and cannot sleep, there's a cure for that, and that is thanking the Lord. And the scripture actually says that. It says, Psalm 119, 62, at midnight I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgment. You know, it's an interesting thing as you think about why people wake up. I mean, sometimes it just, they're not sleepy or they drink too much coffee, but but oftentimes the trouble that is in our heart at the time we awaken, we're thinking about something that's so disturbing us that we awaken. And uh, we're in a sense questioning the Lord. You know, why is this happening? Why is uh, this family member like they are? Why do I experience this trouble at work? Why, why, why? And we're, we're wrestling at this at night. But this verse actually says to us, that we are to give thanks to the Lord because of your righteous judgments. There's an interesting verse that I fall back on frequently when there are difficult situations, and it's, it's this, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? 
Yes, he will. I am not the judge. I can't solve every problem in life. I can't, I can't resolve everything in life, and I may not even see the, the resolution in my lifetime of some of the things that distress me. But there is a God in heaven who has not abdicated the throne. He is still on the throne. He is still uh, in charge, and he will render righteous judgment. Um, and so for that, I can awake at night. I can think about the issue and say, you know what? The Lord is the judge, and he is righteous, and his, he will bring about righteousness as noonday, the scripture tells us. So we can thank him for that. Uh, again, as I say, I know the young people don't suffer this way, but as you get older, I'm sure you will. Just remember to thank the Lord. Number six, we should give thanks because there is an end in sight to all the madness of this life. I am very grateful to the Lord that, you know, the more I live and the more I see, I, I just shake my head at so much of it. And I think, wow, human beings have made such a mess of things, including me. Sin will not continue on forever. The world is falling apart, but the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is near. And he will reign in righteousness, which gives us all the more reason uh, to give him thanks. It says in Psalm 75, 1, We give thanks to you, O God, we give thanks for your wondrous works. Declare that your name is near. It's not just his name that is near, but he himself is near. We can almost hear his footfall, uh, it says, on the threshold of the door. And, and it's true, the Lord is coming. And um, number seven, again, not in any order, and not a full list either, but we should give thanks to God for giving us his son as our savior. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so in 2 Corinthians 9, Paul says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That's the Lord Jesus he's referring to. The Lord Jesus Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. So we want to bring some practical um, application of this to our lives. And so in point number one, here's the application I want you to think about. I'm not commanding you this as some kind of legal uh, obligation. This is not how you earn your salvation. But it is appropriate for us as believers to have a thankful heart and to be grateful and to and to uh, make it a point to be thankful to the Lord. And so I want to encourage you to make it a practice at the end of every single day to think of just one thing, just one, one thing that happened that day for which you can give thanks to the Lord. Now you may have plenty. We all do, actually. But... I'm going to encourage you to get a book or a journal, or if you have some kind of an electronic device that you know how to work and you want to do it on that, and uh, just post a note to yourself at the end of every day. And as you have your last thoughts of um, awakeness and, and falling into sleep, if you would just think and praise the Lord, thank Him for that one thing that He did for you today. Make that a practice this year, okay? 
be thankful at the end of every day for him. Um, I actually started doing this, and I was surprised at how uh, it, it's actually a change of my thinking. Um, in as I was falling off to sleep, I would think about all the troubles <laughs> of the day, all the things that had taken place, and instead replacing that with thankfulness to the Lord for what He has done. Okay, point number two. It is a good thing to give thanks to God for other believers. The Apostle Paul provided a, a great example of one, if you look at his writing, of one who thanked the Lord for other believers. And I think it is a good practice for us to follow as well. And so I have several points here. It's a good thing to uh, thank the Lord for those who co-labor with us. Each one of you lifts a part of the load and it makes service and ministry easier for all of us. There were some in the apostles' life who not only served alongside of him, but actually risked their own lives for him. In Romans 16, 3 and 4, it says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. It was Paul's practice to give thanks to the Lord for those who had co-labored with him. And as he thought of those who had worked with him in his life, he, his, his mind went to Priscilla and Aquila, who would actually risk their well-being, their own lives, for Paul. And he says, you know, I thank the Lord for them. I really do. And all the churches that, he was, that knew them also gave thanks to the Lord for them. Who is it that co-labors with you? In the gospel, who is it that co-labors with you in service? Who is it that co-labors with you in the things of God? Give thanks to the Lord for them. Uh, second, it's a good thing to give thanks continuously for other believers. Now, is this something that we can practice as well? Yeah, it is. In fact, in Ephesians 1:15, Paul says, "Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints." Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. You can see the heart of the Apostle Paul as he's just thrilled that there are believers who have come out of darkness into faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're expressing that faith by loving other saints. And Paul says, because of that, I give thanks to the Lord for what he's doing in your life. And we can do the same. Third, it's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord for what he has in store for other believers. When we see believers trust in God more, when we see them understand God's word in a, in a deeper way, or when we see them experience some victory in their lives, that should cause us pause and it should cause us to thank the Lord for what is happening in other believers. Okay, we often uh, thank the Lord for what's happening in our own lives, and that's good. But when we think about the, the spiritual success of other believers, it should give us um, reason to give thanks. Paul says this in Colossians 1. He says, We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, 
because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. And so he's praising the Lord, giving thanks to the Lord for their faith, for their love, and for their hope. And so as we look at other believers, we can, we can look at what the Lord is doing in their lives, and we can say, you know, I, I see a change in them. I see them growing. I see them experiencing um, the Lord and his blessing in their life in a new and, and better way. And we can give thanks to the Lord for what he's doing in, in the lives of other believers. Fourth, it's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord for the spiritual growth of other believers. <clears throat> First Thessalonians, it says, We give thanks to God always for you, all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and Father. And so it's similar to what he had said in uh, Colossians. Um, again, reference of faith and love and patience in this case, patience of hope. It's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord for believers who care for us. <clears throat> it's uh, 2 Corinthians eight sixteen, But thanks be to God who puts the same earnest care for you into the heart of Titus. You remember that Paul um, uh, sent Titus uh, to minister to the Corinthians, and he said, you know, he's a, he's a good brother. He sees things the way I see them. He, he does things the way I do them. And so this is a man who cares for you, and I give thanks to the Lord for his care. And so as you look around uh, at those in your life, believers in your lives, those here at Calvary, there are those who really do care for you, and they express it every single week. I see it, and I thank the Lord uh, for them. It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord, for He has qualified all believers for heaven because of His Son. Paul says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. So it's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord for other believers. Paul does this over and over again here as, we, as we've seen. So again, how do you make this practical in our own lives? So you've already started or committed now to uh, giving thanks to the Lord uh, for just one thing that happens every day. And you're going to write it down somehow so that you remember reasons to give thanks to the Lord. And, and, and next Thanksgiving, you're going to be able to pull that notepad out or look at your cell phone or whatever it is you're using and say, I have 365 reasons to give thanks to the Lord. And then maybe you can preach next to your sermon. Okay. Um, okay. So that's what you're going to do every day. But let me make a suggestion for what you can do to give thanks to God for other believers. And here's the challenge. Will you make it a practice to give thanks to the Lord for just one of his saints each week? So if you, if you commit yourself to giving thanks to the Lord for that one saint each week, by the end of, well, by, by the next Thanksgiving, you'll have done that 52 times. And you'll have gone through the entire assembly. And maybe have gone through a part way through the second time. So if you could commit yourself to giving thanks to the Lord for just one of his saints here at Calvary, just once a week, and here's the catcher. Tell that person, tell that person that you are giving thanks to the Lord for him 
or for her um, for that week, and that you're going to commit yourself to praying for them and, and tell them why you're giving thanks to the Lord for them. Okay? I think it would change our whole outlook. Giving thanks to the Lord for the brethren, giving thanks to the Lord for each other. So, again, I, it's not a requirement. There's no law committing you to do this, but I still think it's a good thing. All right, the third point, and uh, it is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord in everything. Someone has said it's not happy people who are thankful, it's thankful people who are happy. And, and I think that's true. If you're thankful, it, it, it changes your outlook. It changes the way you think. It changes the way you see things. I was surprised. Uh, we don't have this hymn in our, in our hymn book, but um, I'll read just the first verse in the chorus. The hymn writer said it this way. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings Name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord in everything. And actually, Paul says this too in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything. You know, we've heard the verse before, and we still struggle with it, I think, at times. How can you give thanks in everything? Well, it's in every circumstance of life. That's what it is. In every circumstance, you say, well, it's not what I would have chosen. No, but you don't have the same wisdom of God. You don't have the same love of God. You don't have the same knowledge of God, and you don't have the same power of God. But God, who is in control, knows that this is absolutely the best thing for you, ultimately. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Second, Paul says it is good to give thanks for all things. You know, we don't know all the plans the Lord has for us. Even our trials may actually be just training ground for what's to come. The Lord's wisdom, knowledge, love, and power are all the assurance that we need that he makes no mistakes. So instead of fretting, which is kind of my typical response, let us give thanks to God for all things. Paul says in Ephesians, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Third, it is good to give thanks in whatever you do. And really, Paul is suggesting that this should become our lifestyle, giving of thanks. In Colossians 3, it says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father 
through him in everything, in all things, whatever you do, in word or in deed. Fourth, it is good to give thanks to the Lord rather than using our tongue for anything else. Thanksgiving is a cure for cursing. Paul reminds believers that our lives should be transformed, including our tongues, that we should no longer use our tongues for evil words. He says, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving thanks, giving of thanks. So what examples do we have in the scripture of those who gave thanks in everything, for all things, and in everything that they did? And I think my mind first goes to Daniel, who was um, one who prayed to the Lord three times a day. It was his practice to give thanks to the Lord. And um, even when it was against the laws of the land that were written specifically so he would break them, um, he still practiced uh, prayer and thanksgiving to the Lord. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God as was his custom since early days. I think of Daniel praying in those circumstances. I think of how Jesus prayed and gave thanks to the Lord uh, for everything. And he took seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks and broke them and gave them to his disciples and the disciples gave them to the multitude. I think of Anna the prophetess who was looking for the coming of the Messiah and um, coming in the instant she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all who looked for, the, for redemption in Jerusalem. I mentioned at the beginning of the uh, message that, that most of the world does not give thanks. I never heard the forecaster say, thank you, Lord, for the sunshine that we have endured for over 200 days. Never heard that come out of his mouth. And I certainly never heard it when the rain came, surprisingly, because the sky was now clear, the air was clear to breathe, and the Lord had given relief. In fact, the Lord put out fires that the firemen couldn't control. And there was not a word of thanks. There wasn't, you know, people, let's just pause here for a moment and give thanks to the Lord for what he has just done for us that we could not do. Not a word. And Paul says in Romans, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. In other words, people know that God exists. His attributes are clearly demonstrated, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful but because became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Let's not be like them. We were saved and delivered from that lifestyle now into a lifestyle where we can give thanks to the Lord in everything, for everything, and at all times. The story is told by the Lord of the, of the ten lepers, and one was a foreigner and the 10 lepers, all of them were healed. 
but only one came back and gave thanks to the Lord. And I'll just read the story again, just to refresh your memory. It happened as he went to Jerusalem, as he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then he entered a certain village there. There met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And so they were actually appealing to him for healing. They knew that he alone could heal them. And they got their request. And so when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priests. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And by the way, the scripture says, he was a Samaritan. So he was the, the most unlikely candidate. So Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? This is the expectation of God. Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. And the expectation of God in this circumstance is that all 10 of them would have returned and given thanks to him. But where are the nine, he says. Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. I think what the Lord is saying here, those nine got their healing. You got your healing and your salvation. I believe that this man was actually saved. You recognized who Jesus was and, and thanked him for what he had done. Paul did it. For what thanks can we render to God for you for all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake before our God. He, he gives thanks to the Lord for every, everything and in everything. And we ought to do it as well. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. And in Hebrews we read, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. We are called to be a thankful people. In um, Colossians 3, this will be our final verse, it says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It's a calling. We are called to be a thankful people. So, three points. I hope you got them all. First one is, it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. And your practical application to that point is that you're going to take a notepad or some kind of a, a way of writing down one thing a day that you are thankful to the Lord uh, for doing for you, through you, in you, or whatever it is that he's done. But something that, is, that stands out that day, thank the Lord for that. It is a good thing to give thanks for all his people, was point number two. And so the challenge to you is to take the time and the effort to uh, select one person a week 
and be thankful to the Lord all week for that person and to give thanks to the Lord and then tell them that you are giving thanks to the Lord for them because of what the Lord is doing in them and through them. And then point number three, it's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord in everything. But we haven't made a, an application of this one yet. So I'm going to make an application of this as well. So we have a daily thing. We have a weekly thing. And this is a monthly thing I would encourage you to do in everything. Once per month, as we meet together for prayer at uh, the Wednesday night prayer meeting, um, and you offer to the Lord prayers and thanksgivings, Make your requests that one night. And I'm not saying the whole group of you have to only make Thanksgiving. You can select whatever day, whatever Wednesday night you want to. Um, but make your requests that one week a month just pure Thanksgiving. That's it. Lord, I'm not asking you for a thing tonight. I'll ask for others. I'll ask for what's happening in the assembly. I'll ask for individual believers and so on. But for me, I just want to give you thanks. That's it, Lord. I just want to give you thanks. So I'd encourage you. You've got a daily, a weekly, and a monthly challenge. And I uh, just encourage you to do that and to become thankful people. Let's give them thanks. Father, we do thank you for uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for loving us and sending your son to die on the cross for us. We thank you that um, you have given to us not only your son, but just poured out for us such blessings that we cannot even contain them. We thank you, Lord, for your saints as well and the work that you're doing in them and through them. And I just pray, Lord, that uh, we might be a thankful people, uh, expressing glory to God, expressing appreciation for all that you've done and expressing our thanks, Lord, for using us in your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.